text for today is the uh, gospel story that we heard of the wise men coming to worship the Christ child. And so we begin today as we were greeting each other before the service saying, Happy New Year. Today is the first Sunday in the year. It's January 6th, which is on the church calendar, the epiphany of our Lord, the revealing the traditional day for observing that somewhere between six months to two years after his birth, the magi, or wise men as we refer to them, from the east, likely from Persia, which would be today's Iran, they came to worship this Jewish child who was God in the flesh, the Son of God. Their coming to worship him revealed that Jesus was born for all people, not just for a small little group of Jewish people in the Middle East. I love this holy day, this holiday, and it's great that our first Sunday of worship uh, in 2019 falls on this particular day. It was, uh, it would be fun to say, I think it's in the service somewhere for uh, today, to sing that uh, old song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Uh, but songs teach. And, and there are some things, important things portrayed in this historic song, but it also teaches some uh, incorrect things that we sometimes get confused. For example, these men were not kings, they, nor were they necessarily three. We tend to assume that because of three particular kinds of gifts. The oldest tradition suggests that there may have been nine or twelve. Uh, that would make it uh, safer for a caravan to travel through those desert regions and to protect themselves against bandits and things like that. But the number is not really important. What they came to do is what matters. In the mysterious wonder of this event, we're often distracted by the Star Trek of the Magi, the, the brilliant star that happened, that appeared to them in the East and somehow led them to the right place to find this child who was born King of the Jews, the Messiah. Or we might also be distracted uh, by just who these mysterious strangers were. Or we might be distracted again by an evil and devious King Herod who said he too wanted to worship this child but really wanted to kill him. But I'd like to focus today on the purpose of their journey to visit this child who by then was staying with his family in a house somewhere in Bethlehem. Uh, Despite what we see in our nativity scenes of the wise men coming into the stable, they were long gone from the stable by that time. But anyway, these wise guys naturally went to the capital, Jerusalem, I mean, and announced to the powers of Jerusalem, where is he? Where is he who, who is born king of the Jews? We've come to worship him. And the story ends, of course, with them doing just that, worshiping him. And then they returned home by another way because it was revealed to them that this King Herod did not really want to worship him. He wanted to kill him. They came to worship him, and so do we. Worship. What is this thing, this action we call worship? 
As uh, one DVD on worship I once saw a number of years ago pointed out, it said worship is a huge thing, a huge thing. It's important to us. We expend a lot of energy on it, and uh, especially those who work at your church to prepare for worship and uh, lead and conduct it and so on. It's important to us, and so we, we do work at it. In recent decades, of course, it became quite an animated discussion about what we want to see and do in congregational worship. And sometimes you've heard it said, perhaps you've said it yourself, that a particular worship service that Sunday was great, or maybe not so great, whatever the discussion is, as families sometimes dissect the pastor and their experience on the way home from church. This faulty attitude of evaluating what happens in that way grows out of our selfish-centered culture and spirits, which want to look at what we get out of this thing we think is worship, rather than looking for what we bring to worship, what we bring to Christ, as the wise men did. In reality, worship is not about us. It's about him. It's about Christ and all that he has done for us on the cross and the empty tomb and all that he gives us through his saving work there. And that's why we call, refer to this time together as divine service, focusing on what God has done and what God is doing and is giving to us here as we gather in his name and receive what he gives through his word and sacraments. Certainly, unless we're spiritually dead or resistant to God's gifts, we respond to who God is and what he keeps doing for us. And that, our response, is what we tend to call worship. We open our hearts to him. We humbly kneel before him in spirit, if not in body. We confess our sins to him, confident of his loving forgiveness, we confess our faith in him. We thank and praise him. And so you see, worship is not just about praise. It includes a whole variety of things as we gather before him. We offer our gifts to him. We dedicate our lives to him, to obeying his will and serving him in others. But our worship is not just here in this room for an hour on Sunday morning. It is in our lives 24-7. Let's take our cue, however, not from human ideas or traditions, but from God's word itself, as we hear it in our gospel today. It says the wise men came in order to worship him. That was the whole purpose of their journey. As magi, they were, to the best of our knowledge, astrologers or Persian priests, people who studied the stars, watching for unusual signs, especially signs of the birth of a king. Now we might ask, how, how did they connect this particular bright star with the birth of Jesus? We don't fully know. We do know that some of the Jewish people who were carried into exile in that Babylonian region that they were from some 600 years earlier, that some of those people stayed back there in Babylon and Persia, 
rather than returning home when the rest of the nation had the opportunity to do so. And we know that in their scriptures, there was God's promise in the book of Numbers, which said, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. Perhaps this ancient prophecy of a Messiah king was part of their library or their field of knowledge so that when the star arose in the sky, they made the connection. We don't know, but what we do know is that by God's mysterious direction, they came to honor, to worship this child whose birth had significance for the whole world. The common word for worship in the New Testament Greek language that's used here is proskineo, which means to bow down before, to prostrate yourself before, to do obeisance, to show your deep respect and reverence for this child, something that you would do only for someone who is divine or at least a great king. In verse 11, Matthew adds another word accompanying the main verb, worship. He says, going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. That's the essence of the word worship, an English word from an older expression, worth-ship. It's something that you do to express how important the object of your worship is to you, how much greater that person is than you are, that you would humble yourself before him and acknowledge the central place he has in your life. How important was this unknown king of the Jews to these wise men? Well, important enough that they packed up, they left the comfort of their homes, and went on a journey, one which probably took about six months or more one way, a journey through remote desert terrain facing the dangers of bandits who would more than love to attack their caravan and steal whatever wealth they might have. And maybe that's why it is uh, believed traditionally that there were more than three. We get the idea of three with, from the songs that we sing and from the fact that there were three different kinds of gifts. But how many of us would go on such a journey simply to enter into the presence of God and bow before him to show him how much he means to us? Sometimes it's hard enough just to get up on a dark wintry morning and get dressed and travel in a warm vehicle for five or ten minutes to go to church to go to a place where God is present with his word and sacrament. A colleague once told me of a family that uh, is part of his remote northern B.C. parish, a family which gets up every week and travels nearly 150 miles each Sunday just to gather in the house of the Lord with the people of God, to hear his word and kneel and receive at his table. What a commitment on the part of this family. What a demonstration of their desire to worship the Lord. Would you be willing to do that? Would I? Well, enough said. We, 
we could go on considering the meaning of the gifts, and uh, that was a rich study for me uh, the last few days, the meaning of their gifts, both spiritually and practically. But I'm not as fast in speaking as Pastor Sai is, and that would take us too long. And uh, you would start agitating in your seats and so on. Um, on this first Sunday of the new year, we are given through the gospel and through the action of the Magi an example and pattern for worship, showing our reverence to God in the things that we do for our Lord, in the things we daily do for others. And so may 2019 be a year of worship here, certainly in this place, and especially out there where God has placed us in our neighborhoods and schools and workplaces. Thanks be to God that he gives himself to us so that we can worship him. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.